So what is God's relationship with the Jewish people now? And how can we understand it? So one of the ways was the true study of, of the Old Testament primarily and re- reflecting on God's relationship with the Jewish people through his face, through the face of God. And so we will go on a journey to see how it is that God relates to the Jewish people and understand it through that aspect of his face. This is uh, the Aharonic blessing, and it goes, Yevarecha Adonai veishmerecha, Yaer Adonai panav elecha veichunecha, Isai Adonai panav elecha veyasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So this is God's way of blessing the, the people. That's why Aaron, the high priest, was instructed to lift his hands and bless the whole nation uh, with these blessings. And those blessings are very, very important, especially when we're talking about the Jewish people. Because God's face shining upon the people means a lot of, a lot of things. First of all, it means divine revelation. It means the people will, will then have prophets, people who quote God and say, Thus says the Lord, this is what you need to do. And divine revelation is very, very important. So get God's face shining, he shows favor, he, sh- he pours out blessings. There's so many things that come from having God's face shining upon a, a people, right? But what happens if the opposite is the reality? What happens if God hides his face from his people? And this is what the prophecies in the Bible were talking about, that there will come a time when God will hide his face from his people. God says this in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 17. Then my anger will be kindled against them that on that day. I will forsake them and hide my face from them. Then they will be devoured, and many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because of our God is not among us? So the, the idea is, you know, God is standing in the distance, right? And he's seeing how, what happens to the people. I will surely hide my face in that day because of all their evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods, and they, they deal treacherously with God. God says, okay, fine. You don't want me in your life. You don't want me to, you don't want me to be the, the Lord in, in among, among you, you want to go around and do your own things, fine. I will st- stand in the distance. I will see what your end will be. I will, I will then will, will look and, and evils will come and overtake you. We have to understand this principle. The sole source of goodness in this world is God. There is no other source for goodness in the, in the world. And when God hides his face, when he stands in the distance... What do we to expect but evil to come and overtake? And this is what happened uh, to the Jewish people for the past 2,000 years. And the rabbis have all recognized, and they would say 
that we are in the time of faith hiding. When you ask them why, why the Holocaust happened, why all these evils have come and, and, and happened to our people, they'll say we are experiencing God's faith hiding. That's why there is no divine revelation anymore. That's why there is no prophet that would rise from the nation and would, would quote God and, and receive divine revelation. There is, there is nothing like that. People actually, um, as Jesus foretold, uh, the blind will lead the blind and will all fall into the pit. And it's, it's like complete blindness as far as spiritual reality and spiritual discernment is concerned. Micah 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 4. Then they will cry to the Lord, but He will not answer them. He will hide His face from them at that time because they have made their deeds evil. So this is a very important principle. It's, it's, not, it's not like you and me, we don't do evil deeds. We do. Uh, but in terms of the people, there's, there's a vast difference. And this is, uh, this is what God said about the people. And he said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end will be, for they are perverse generation, children in whom there is no faithfulness. And this is the reality, where people completely turn their back on God and turn back on, on something most, most importantly, on His righteousness, on God's righteousness. And we'll, we'll look at that in a second. Ezekiel 39 and verse 23. And the nations shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they dealt so treacherously with me that I hid my face from them and gave them into the hand of their adversaries and they all fell by the sword. Now this is a, a little um, clip from Fiddler on the Roof. If we can just press the play button. <laughs> so that's uh, Tuvia. He's, um, if you ever watched Fiddler on the Roof, does it work? Okay. Well, the, the clip is uh, really simple. It's a really short snippet of Tuvia saying that he, they were about to experience uh, pogrom, the, the village where he lived in, in Russia. It was a Jewish village, and they were about to be ex expelled from the village, and a lot of their people will be also killed at that time. And he heard that pogrom is coming, and the, there was there was this time when he it was during the wedding, and he says, "Dear God, um, a rumor like that uh, at this time during the wedding." And he says, "I know, I know. We are the chosen people." And he says, "But once in a while, can't you choose somebody else?" <laughs> and uh, this is a wonderful insight that Tuvia had about. The reality, he, he knew that those evils and those things that coming uh, towards the Jewish people,
people at that village are due or because we are the chosen people. Because you think about that in that way. You know, the, when we have children, we have the oldest son and, the, and we have the, the smaller children. So the older children would have more responsibilities and more privileges sometimes than the younger children. So we deal with the oldest sometimes more severely because they, first of all, they ought to know better, right? And they're also an example to the other children. And so the things they do affect all the other children. And sometimes the Jewish people are a little bit like that. They're like the oldest sibling, right? And so they enjoy sometimes more privileges, but they also have greater responsibilities. And God is dealing with them in a more severe way because they are an example to all the nations, right? Can you move to the next slide? For some reason, it doesn't work for me. Technology. Anyway. Oh, cool. So, I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and their transgressions and hid my face from them in Ezekiel 39, 20, 24. And this is the principle that we have to understand, right? In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or is ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Right? Did you get that? God is saying that he does not have the problem. He doesn't have a short hand or a dull ear that it doesn't hear. But the problem lies within us. Okay, and especially talking about the Jewish people, the problem is the sin that separates us from God and causes his face hiding is undealt sin. When I'm saying undealt, the Jewish people for the past 2,000 years have no means to deal with sin. There's no atonement, there's no altar, there's no sacrifices, there's no temple. Right. So, our sin is undealt with. Okay? And this is a principle that is really, really important. And that's the difference. When we come to God, we don't come on the basis of our righteousness. We come to God on the basis of the righteousness of Christ. And our sin has been dealt with. That's why there is no separation. And the Lord said, because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is his commandment taught by men. We're talking about the Jewish people. This is the prophecy that really is um, being fulfilled in the, in the Jewish people now, today. Because the Jewish people, this is how... They relate to God. They relate to God through the commandments that are taught by men. Men-made rules. Men-made uh, regulations. 
that sometimes are not even found in the Bible. I'll give you an example. Their rabbis have been uh, writing all kinds of decrees and rules and so on. And all these rules and decrees have been, to, have been compiled into a book called Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch means uh, uh, a table well set or well prepared. Now, in that compilation of the book, there is a, a rule for daily life for a Jewish person. Like the most minute things you can think of. Like, for example, when you wake up in the morning, which shoe to put on, the right one or the left one first? Or if you eat a certain type of food, which type of blessing to say for each type of food? And it's it's really, really, really very... Um, very minute and going into little details. But guess what? It removes the dependency on God. What happens is that as far as practice is concerned, the Jewish person leaves God at Mount Sinai. He says, well, God gave us the law. That was his role. And now it's up to us to, to obey that law. And God is removed, far removed from the Jewish lives. And now we have this book to live by. And we don't relate to God. We're not dependent on God. All we, d- we need is that book. And it's really sad because this is where God is being removed from, from Jewish people's lives. And this is what wrong, what's wrong with the way the Jewish people are worshiping God. Because to some of us, it may seem that, oh, the Jewish people are so devout. They... they you are seeking God, and it may be so, but it, the principle is, is, is astounding. This is what Romans chapter 10, verses 2 and 3 says, For I bear them witness, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And this is what God is saying. On one hand, he's provided the perfect righteousness, his son, right, to atone for our sins. This is God's righteousness. And the Jewish people said, well, we are not submitting to that righteousness. We are going to establish our own righteousness. This is what we want to have in our lives. We don't want to submit to the free gift. We want to work hard to try and make it into heaven by good deeds. This is, this is how the Jewish people would respond to God's message of righteousness. Okay? Now, a word of warning about how we, we sometimes have this attitude too. Sometimes we establish our own righteousness rather than to be completely under God's righteousness. And the book of Philippians... It's not going to be on the, on the screen, so you might want to turn there. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. I'm starting... To read, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, derived from the law, but 
but that which is brought from God on the basis of faith. So, talking to now the church, to us, Paul says, I am not going to to be deriving my righteousness from the law or from being able to, to, to work out the law. But my righteousness is derived from the perfect work, atoning work of Christ. This is, this is a, a warning for us that we must derive our righteousness from Him, not from our own living or ability to perform. So what about us? What about us in terms of God's dealing with the Jewish people? How is he dealing with us in, in contrast? So for God who said, let light shine out of darkness is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God's face is shining upon us through the face of Christ. All the time. Okay? This is really, really a big difference. His face is always shining upon us. It's, as a matter of fact, this is what God says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will separate us. There is no division between us and God because there is no sin that separates us from God because our sins have been paid for. Our sin has been atoned for. It's it's such a huge difference. And my dear friends, we are so privileged We are so privileged. First of all, we are privileged to have this God's face shining upon us. And we can enjoy God's fellowship. Look what it says in the book of Hebrews. Four and verse sixteen. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And you know what? We, We all need encouragement and we all have the time of need. But the access to the throne of grace, we can go boldly. We can have a free access to God, to his throne. Again, on the basis of the forgiveness of sin. And we are so privileged in that, that although the Jewish people may experience face hiding time and period in their lives, we will never go through it because God's throne is always accessible to us. This is an amazing reality. And I would like to encourage you 
with that, dear friends, because we need encouragement and we can turn to God for his encouragement, something that the Jewish people don't have. Not in the same way, anyway. Now, another, another way we are so privileged is because we can receive divine revelation. We understand the spiritual reality that is being given to us so vividly. Let us turn to First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. So Peter, 1 Peter 1, verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted in the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was received to them, sorry, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach, preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. Sent from heaven, things which angels look to, looking to, to look into. So even the angels are looking into the very things that were revealed to us. The things that even the prophets were carefully searching and looking into the scriptures to try to understand the person of the Messiah, the time of the Messiah. And yet it was given to us on a silver plate. Imagine, you know, how much wealth and blessing it would be for the Jewish people to understand that which you understand. Let us move on. I have some, some good news for you uh, regarding to the Jewish people and their state of faith hiding. This is what Ezekiel 25. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. They shall forget their shame and all their treachery they have practiced against me when they dwell securely in their land with none to make them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them from their enemies' lands and through them have vindicated my holiness in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God because I send them into exile among the nations and then assemble them back into their own land. I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore, and I will not hide my face anymore from them when I pour out my Spirit upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord God. This is the future that is so encouraging to, to know that one day this face-hiding time period will end. And then God will once again shine his face upon the Jewish people. And the outpouring of his spirit will then 
um, will give them that um, divine revelation that they're so lacking. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 7 and 8. In light of all that the Jewish people have been through. This is what God says from his perspective. He says, For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is a great, great encouragement. Because from God's perspective, you know, this, these uh, times where we were persecuted and were killed and were being under so much attacks, for God it's like a moment. But it's like a moment in comparison to the eternal time in glory, to the eternity of glory. For Him, in his, from His point of view, this is just a passing through time. It's, it's a moment. And this is a time when we still are in this time where God is still hiding His face from His people. So let me just sum her up here. We are privileged because we can receive divine revelation and we understand the things that are still hidden from the Jewish people. And the things that even angels are trying to look into to understand. And we have God's face shining upon us. God's face is always shining upon us and we have access to Him 24 hours a day. And His throne is accessible to us. And again, it's not accessible to us because we're so good. It's not accessible to us because we're so righteous, but it's accessible to us because of Jesus' righteousness, because of his perfect work on the cross. We have to beware of legalism. We have to remember that our righteousness comes from him and not from our own doings. We cannot do anything to gain righteousness. We can only rely on the righteousness that was provided from God. And lastly, you know the Great Commission to go out into the whole world and make disciples into all nations. One nation in particular was neglected to be reached out. And I'm talking about the Jewish people. And a lot of people, you know, over the years have been somewhat discouraged from trying to reach out the Jewish people because they're so tough, man. They, they're so blind. They can't understand the, things, the spiritual things. But, you know, considering the reality in which the Jewish nation, being in a state of face-hiding, there's no surprise. There is a spiritual veil that is covering the Jewish people. But you know what? This is not... Not to say that we should not share the gospel with the Jewish people. Because as a matter of fact, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Jewish people need the gospel in as much as any other nation, and even more so. 
the, the reality is that individuals from among the Jewish nations are coming to faith. I'm an example. I've been, I've been um, exposed to the gospel. And, and behold, you know, all of a sudden, God revealed to me the truth. And, that, and that, having said that, you know, when I first came to faith, I'm talking about in Israel, there were less than 1,000 people, born-again believers in the whole land. Now, today there are 17,000. Okay, and that was, I'm talking about 1994 to today, 2018. And that's an exponential growth. More and more Jewish people are coming to faith. The ice is melting, and, it's, and the people all of a sudden realizing who Jesus really was. So we are not to be discouraged from sharing the gospel with Jewish people. And we shouldn't be discouraged from sharing the gospel with other people as well. Because remember, it's to the Jew first and also to the Greek or also to the Gentile. And the gospel is free and it's available. And we're going to do well if we're going to um, share the good news with those around us, whether they're Jews or Gentiles. And it doesn't matter how difficult it is because individuals come unto salvation until that time when the whole nation will be revived. Let me just read to you from the book of John, chapter 17, verses 18 and 20, through to 20. The book of John. Chapter 17, verses 18 and 20. Now, inasmuch as the high priest would come and bless the whole nation of Israel and bless them that may God's face shine upon them and God will grant them His peace and so on. In the case of us, the church, this blessing is somewhat different. And the high priest, the real high priest from the order of Malkitzedek, as Jesus said this prayer, for his people. And he says this, As you send me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their, for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. So Jesus is saying, I, I, I want to make myself the high priest, to be an intercessor, to be the one paid the penalty, but not only for these people, that he's talking about also us, the ones that will hear the word through their testimony. Now this is us here today. Jesus has prayed for us, for our testimony also to go forth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have chosen us from the foundation of the world to reveal 
to us the truth and to buy us through your blood. Lord, we are so privileged and we are so in need of encouragement. Help us to be encouraged, Lord, today knowing what you have paid for us and the fact that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that nothing will separate us from your love and that your face will always be shining upon us. Amen.